the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, February the 25th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1791, President George Washington signed a bill creating the Bank of the United States. Today in 1901, United States Steel Corporation was incorporated by J.P. Morgan. That worked out pretty well for J.P., I would say. Today, in 1913, the 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution, giving Congress the power to levy and collect income taxes, that was declared in effect by the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State at that time, his name was Philander Chase Knox. If he can rise to prominence with that name, anybody can rise to prominence if that's their goal. Secretary of State Philander Chase Knox. Today in 1919, Oregon became the first state to tax gasoline at one cent per gallon. Today in 1957, the Supreme Court in Butler versus Michigan overturned a Michigan statute making it a misdemeanor to sell books containing obscene language that would tend to, quote, corrupt the morals of of youth. I guess today in 1957 the Supreme Court decided that Michigan is forced by law to allow people to corrupt the morals of youth. Today in 1976 the US Supreme Court ruled that states may ban the hiring of illegal aliens. And today in 2020 US health officials CDC put out a statement They said the coronavirus may spread more widely in the United States. The world is on edge this morning, as you know. How far will Russia go in their war on the Ukraine? A small group of Ukrainians were seen kneeling on the frozen ground, asking God for guidance as to what to do as Russia invades their country. I have a picture of it. I included it in an article that I wrote today on our website, faithandfreedom.us. China is nodding approval to Russia. While it's rumored that China is preparing to invade Taiwan. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that, quote, Beijing and Moscow now have a stronger hand in confronting the West than during the Cold War. The suggestion from the Wall Street Journal, who is not liberal, They're saying that these guys have come together in a most unusual way and they're working together against the West. All of this while the world sees a weak and often confused leadership here in America. I'm going to be talking more about that in just a moment, but President Joe Biden has settled on his nominee to the Supreme Court. He promised he would do it before the end of February. He announced it this morning on a tweet. 
he's announced that Katanja Brown-Jackson is his nominee to replace Justice Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Court. He tweeted this. He said, I'm proud to announce that I'm nominating Judge Katanja Brown-Jackson to serve on the Supreme Court, currently serving on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. She's one of our nation's brightest legal minds and will be an exceptional justice. Both of those statements are false. She is not a bright legal mind by anybody's standard, except his, and she will not be an exceptional justice. She's an activist. Jackson does not have a a distinguished reputation as his judge. I'm just giving you a, a prelude here. We'll talk about this more in the future. She's a graduate of Harvard Law School. She clerked for Justice Stephen Breyer, but she hasn't built a reputation of, or a, a, as a powerhouse judge. She's only been an appeals judge for less than a year. Prior to that, she was a federal trial judge in Washington, D.C., but often her decisions were overruled by higher courts. In fact, most often, more than 50% of the time. And her critics described her as having a clunky writing style that they couldn't understand what she was writing about. But she's an activist. Prior to being a judge, Jackson worked as a public defender. Conservative Republicans on the Judicial Committee probably should point this out. I hope they do. If I, if I can figure this out, surely they should. They're smarter than I am, supposedly. They should point out that Jackson has been very soft on crime especially during a time when many Democrats are still calling for defunding the police. I hope they make this a point. I'm sure they will. Ted Cruz will, I'm sure. But talk has already started in Washington about how massive dark money really forced Biden to make this choice. Massive dark money. The ultra-liberal billionaires group, it's called Arabella Advisors has been pushing Jackson from the very beginning when Breyer left the Supreme Court. Biden had a short list of all black women that he promised he would forget the merit. It's the color of their skin. But he promised that he would choose a black woman, nominate a black woman for the for the Supreme Court, and he did. But on the short list of finalists, It was Jackson that these Arabella advisors, these billionaire, dark money, far, far, far left anti-American people was pushing. They got her. They got what they wanted. Biden usually follows the money. And that's exactly what's happened here. I don't know if that'll become public, but. We'll talk more about it as needed in the future. But things in the Ukraine, in the capital in particular, in Kiev, as I have known it, it's now called Kiev, was hit by rockets overnight. Reports of fighting in the suburbs this morning. The news reports coming out of there are not good. This group of Christians were caught by a photographer in a little, looks like a little concrete square, an entrance to somewhere. You can't see what the context of it is, but there they are kneeling on this cold stone approach to this park or parking lot or something. And they're praying. You can't miss the fact that they're praying. 
I rarely quote anything on this program or in my writing that comes from CNN for obvious reasons, but CNN's Clarissa, uh, Clarissa Ward was there in Kiev when she got this got this picture outside of Kiev. And it caught my attention when I saw the picture. She got a picture for all of us to see this small group of Ukrainians kneeling and praying as Russia began their widespread bombing of their country yesterday. She said, Carissa Ward with CNN of all, of all places, she said this really speaks to the desperation of the moment. She said, we see this a small group of people and they're kneeling and praying because right now there is truly a sense of having no idea what's coming down the pipeline. What is in store for the people of Ukraine in the coming hours, the coming days? She went on to say, it's freezing cold here. So to see these people kneeling on the cold stone in prayer, honestly, it's very moving. I think it speaks to the state of ordinary Ukrainians here who have done absolutely nothing to deserve this, who have no quarrel with Russia, who have no desire for war or conflict, but who will ultimately be the ones to bear the brunt. Others picked up on it, were tweeting. It was on social media last night. CNN witnesses a small group of Ukrainians and so on. Honestly, very moving. And Some well-informed are declaring that the brunt of this, as she said, may be felt way beyond the region. I think they're right. Yesterday, China once again invaded Taiwan's airspace by flying their fighter jets over the country in defiance of Taiwan's sovereignty. Are they next? Will China make their move? I want to just take an honest look at this from a biblical perspective today. The Wall Street Journal is saying that the Ukraine crisis has kicked off a new superpower struggle among U.S., Russia, and China. I hope we are a part of the trio there. I've never in my lifetime, and I've been around a while, I'm over 40, as some of you know, and I've seen a lot, as you have. I have never seen the United States in the position we're in today. I've seen weak leadership. Jimmy Carter was a disaster. Not because he was a Democrat, he was just a disaster. But he was a nice guy, and he could think straight, kind of. I mean, he just had funny policies that most of us disagreed with, and he had a term as president, and then someone else was elected. Reagan. But we have such a, it's kind of a cloud, it's a blur today in leadership, in our nation. It isn't, I mean, you, you even this, the words that are meant to be strong and forceful and, you know, directed at Russia and China are weak and wispy. He can't help it. I'm not, I'm not criticizing his health condition. I'm just saying we're all subject to that now. We chose him. I didn't, but we chose him as our leader. And he's not leading because he's not capable of leading. So here we are. I hope the Wall Street Journal isn't overly optimistic. I hope that we are a part of it. 
They said yesterday Russia's audacious military assault on Ukraine is the first major clash marking a new order in international politics, with three major powers jostling for position in ways that threaten America's primacy. The challenges are different than those of the U.S. and its network of allies faced in the Cold War. Russia and China have built a thriving partnership. I'm quoting from the Wall Street Journal yesterday. They built a thriving partnership based in part on a shared interest in diminishing U.S. power. They've been brought together, the journal is saying, because of their common enemy. How often that happens in life. Unlike, quoting Wall Street Journal again, unlike the Sino-Soviet bloc of the 1950s, Russia is a critical gas supplier to Europe. While China isn't an impoverished, war-ravaged partner, but the world's manufacturing powerhouse with an expanding military. In deploying a huge force on Thursday, ordering that what he called a special military operation, Russian President Vladimir Putin is demanding that the West rewrite the post-Cold War security arrangements in, in, uh, and agreements in Europe and demonstrated that Russia has the military capability to impose its will despite Western objections and economic sanctions. To do this, Mr. Putin, the Wall Street Journal says, uh, he shifted military units from Russia's border with China, showing confidence in his relationship with Beijing. The two powers, in effect, are coordinating to reshape the global order to their advantage through their ties They're stopping short, though, of a formal alliance. Well, they don't need, end of quote, they don't need a a formal alliance because they have an understanding. They have a common goal, world dominance, and they have a common enemy, the United States. And we have little to no leadership. This is not a good place to be for our country, and I think we all recognize that. The Wall Street Journal concludes, quote, The era of nuclear reductions may come to an end as the U.S. military establishment argues for a large enough nuclear arsenal to deter, deter both Russia's formidable nuclear weaponry and China's rapidly growing nuclear forces, which aren't limited by any arms control agreement. The Wall Street Journal and others also reported yesterday, in fact, a number of newspapers did, that China has given the nod. They are supporting Russia's interests in attacking Ukraine. And if needed, they would probably step up, at least in a passive way, maybe an aggressive way, to support Russia. Far-left environmental policies have consequences. Some of the decisions we've made recently have empowered Putin and empowered Russia. I don't have time to get into this today, but I wanted to be sure to mention it to you. This, There is a link here to Bible prophecy of end times. And I just want to touch on this because of the lack of time. We There's so much sometimes I'd like to say. I'm sure many of you are saying, boy, I'm glad he doesn't have any more time. But I'd like to get into this further. We don't have the time because that's not what we're doing on this program. But in Ezekiel chapter 38, the Bible talks about Gog and Magog. And that and that's, I, I think we generally understand that that's probably talking about Russia and China, but I, I believe it is. But it suggests that there will be a, a Russia, a northern, that will, that will emerge and will be very emboldened 
And I believe this is probably a part of that. And that is probably part of this conditioning of our world for things to come. And I think we should keep that in mind as we look at this, and we should keep in the back of our mind that God has a plan, and we're right on schedule. It's not that we should check out and say, well, whatever will be, will be. That isn't God's will for his people. We are to be engaged. We are certainly to be informed. We are certainly to have opinions. But we must also, and we, we have the ability to do both, we must also understand and not be overcome by fear. God is in control. God has everything under control, and he allows what he allows, and he does not allow what he does not want to happen at any given time. So we've got to keep that in mind as the rockets are striking overnight, and they're they're now in the capital city of Kiev, and they're moving forward, and they're doing more and bigger than... Most people thought. And China is standing by, watching this, and giving the nod to Russia because they have come together in this unholy, this evil alliance, really, because they have a common enemy, the United States. They're not Muslim countries, per se, as some are, who have called us the big Satan and Israel the little Satan. But there is a hatred for the United States. In both of these countries, in the leadership, not the people. My goodness, there's Russian people all over America who are Americans with Russian heritage. And Chinese, the same. I understand that, and that's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about the communist leadership and the atheist leadership in Russia, in China and in Russia. But just hours after Russian President Vladimir Putin launched this full invasion on the Ukraine... The Chinese Communist Party started pumping out propaganda, that's what they do, as you know, about Taiwan. For decades, China has claimed Taiwan as Chinese territory, despite it being a sovereign country. This morning, China's Communist Chinese TV is running a television program this morning about how Ukraine's fate is the future of Taiwan. They're saying, watch this Ukraine, and then you'll know what's going to happen to Taiwan. Well, they're flying their jets over there. They've been doing it for a while, but they did it yesterday. Again, right over their airspace. I mean, kind of low over the country. Reuters is reporting that Taiwan Defense Ministry said they deployed nine Chinese Air Force planes to enter the uh, Taiwan Air, Air Defense Zone on Thursday to show them what is coming. China continues to back Russia while they are now telling Taiwan, heads up, you're next. I mean, that's the message. In 2020, China took Hong Kong. The West did nothing. The people protested. They begged for leadership. I'm not suggesting we go to war. I'm just suggesting that we have leadership that we don't have. These elections, when we trot off or put our ballot in the mail or whatever we do, they really do have consequences. These elections are not just something we go through as kind of a ritual. I mean, we cast our votes and we get what we vote for. And we're getting it now. We are absent leadership in a time when the world is is on the verge 
of just coming apart. This war could ex- escalate the way Putin's going about it with China standing by saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're with you. We're with you, brother. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a good thing. And, and, and the lack of leadership, the vacuum of leadership in America has allowed this to happen. I'm not saying Trump would have been the answer, but he could have been. But it could have been a Democrat. I mean, a Harry Truman or a whatever. They didn't, I mean, they didn't let things go this far without doing something. I'm not even talking about military. I'm just talking about being able to lead. Ronald Reagan was very good at that. I mean, he brought down the Soviet Union without firing a shot. That's what I'm talking about is leadership, for goodness sakes. We have none. So in 2020, China takes Hong Kong. The West does nothing. We watch. In 2021, the Taliban are handed Afghanistan and $83 billion worth of our best and most newly created technology in the war machines we left behind. They're probably studying them now, (laughs) trying to figure out how to start one of them or whatever. The Taliban is in full, full control. We handed the country to them in that debacle just months ago, 2021. In 2022, Russia takes Ukraine. The West is in retreat because the United States has been the stabilizing factor in the world and in the West for many years. Ben Shapiro, who is not a Christian, but he's a conservative and he's brilliant, he said everyone with half a brain knows that Taiwan is next on the menu. He's very concerned about this. He's writing tons of stuff yesterday and today. I didn't read it all, but I saw it. I read some of it. And he's right. Taiwan is not Ukraine and has always been an inalienable part of China. China's foreign ministry said on, on Wednesday, they said, no, this is different. This is already our country. We are just going to go in and straighten it out and get these folks on the right path. But that isn't the way it is at all. Comments came from this British prime minister, Boris Johnson. He was talking about Taiwan yesterday. He's really concerned about that. He sees what's happening. And you know what John Kerry was talking about? He said yesterday the, the, the media asked him to comment on Ukraine. And John Kerry said, I well, he said, I first and foremost hope that Vladimir Putin doesn't get distracted on the commitments he's made toward climate change. Man, oh man. China says Taiwan is its own territory, stepped up its military action, flying over there with their jets to get people's attention. Speaking in Beijing, the foreign ministry uh, guy, spokesperson, I can't pronounce his name, but he said, oh, he said, no, there's no link between the issues of Ukraine and Taiwan. Then he proceeded for about three or four paragraphs to talk about the links between the two. He ended by saying Taiwan is not Ukraine. He said Taiwan has always been a part of China. So when they make their move on Taiwan, they're going to be saying, well, we're not attacking a sovereign nation, even though it is. No, we're just taking back part of our own country. We're straightening out some of our own folks, getting them on the right track. I mean, this this would be very concerning if we did not look at it, and it is, but if we didn't look at it through the eyes and the lens of God's word. 
as I said, these policies have consequences. Far-left environmental policies have a lot of consequences. John Nolte noticed uh, yesterday, and he wrote about it in an article. He writes for Breitbart and other conservative news organizations, mostly Breitbart. He said it's the West wacko environmentalists who handed Russian President Putin the leverage and the money to invade Crimea in 2014 and Ukraine this week. He said it's the West environmentalists who handed Russian President Vladimir Putin the leverage and money to invade. Without these wackos, he uses that word a lot, Putin would be just another gangster in a in a charge of a in charge of a crumbling country and maybe one on the verge of a revolution to depose him. He goes on and he said, what's happening here, it's a fairly long article, but I'll summarize it. He said, what's happening here is that statistically, he said, the countries are too dependent on Russia for natural gas. And he says, in the context of that, we're out here trying to fight climate change when our enemies are coming together, forming alliances, formal or otherwise, Against the United States, we're out here looking at our belly button, trying to figure out what gender we are, what sex we are, whom we want to marry, and how many times, and how many different sexes there are, and pronouns, and all of this stuff. And we're saying, we got to fight climate change. Climate change is not the problem, my friend. China and Russia are the problem. Atheism, communism, anti-godliness is the problem in this world today. And if we're going to have a military, if we're going to have some kind of political, cultural safety, we're going to have to wake up when we go to the ballot box. North Macedonia depend on Russia 100% for their natural gas. Finland, 94% dependence on Russia. Bulgaria, 74%. Slovakia, 70%. Germany, 49% of their natural gas comes from Russia. Italy, 46%. Poland, 40%. France, 24%. That's called influence and power. But it gets worse, and I don't have time to go into it. But while the world has reached this boiling point, giving rise to fear and confusion and questioning, we hear President Biden's remarks, they're weak. They will continue to be. He'll do the best he can, but that's not very good. For the most part, the president's words are hollow, without form and void. He can't help it. We understand, but that's where we are today. Millions of evangelicals voted for him. We need to take another look at who we're actually casting our ballot for in light of the consequences that follow. There's an interesting thing that's playing out in Ukraine that you won't hear in the news it's Daniel Johnson. He runs a evangelical radio program pretty much all over Ukraine and many parts of Russia. He's been talking about it, and he explained yesterday there's a division e- even within the church in um, this area. And he said there's a, a, a schism between the Russian Orthodox Church and the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. And Putin knows that, and he's exploiting that as part of his strategy. Tanks are rolling down from Russia. The Russian Orthodox priests are blessing the tanks. The Ukrainian Orthodox priests are blessing the Ukrainian soldiers to fight against Russia and their tanks. And he said if the Christians would come together, he thinks they could make a difference in some of what's going on there. How true if Christians could come together around one central truth. David Jeremiah mentioned this in his devotional magazine 
our God forever. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. Psalm 48, 14. Thanks for being with me today. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.